In today's global economy, quality matters. Benjamin Franklin once quipped, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Quality Matters is here to talk about all things quality. So whether you're looking to improve your business, getting ready for an audit, or dealing with failed inspections, tune in, check us out, then get back to doing work that matters. Hey everyone, welcome to Quality Matters, where we believe quality impacts us everywhere from the oil fields to our education. You need the edge of quality in your organization. Thank you for joining us as we discuss Quality Matters. Welcome back. I'm Darcy. I'm Kyle. We're glad you guys are here. Um, last week we were pretty excited to have a couple of people give us a review. Um, it didn't come through on iTunes, though. One person contacted us. They came to our website, and we have a Contact Us page on the website. So Kyle got it. It's from Norm in California, and he said, Enjoyed your recent podcast. Thought I'd check you guys out. So thanks, Norm, for Thank- re- listening. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. And then last week was our Medically Fragile Children yes. podcast. Yes, it was. And so then I got a personal message uh, from somebody that we go to church with. Um, she said a whole lot. I'll just read the first two sentences. She said, thank you for bringing more awareness to this. The switch to managed care has been horrible for a lot of families of medically fragile children. So I'm glad that this that podcast in particular made an impact on somebody's life she's not somebody involved in oil and gas and that's what we keep trying to show you over and over again on our podcast is that quality matters everywhere it does it does it is not industry specific at all it's not so um tonight we have an article where'd you get these from kyle uh this was from the uh, asq website asq website um it's interesting because it's something that kyle and i have been talking about that i think it's a road we want to go down in the future with our own business agreed I don't know that they, the people in the article, are necessarily wanting to do the same, have the same goal in mind that we do, but we'll talk about it. Um, the article is titled, Big Data Drives Healthcare Towards a More Informed Future. Sounds good to me. <laughs> so I guess the idea is, you know, all the health records are becoming digitized. Correct. If they're not already, I think most places they are. Uh, I think it was actually put into law recently that they, they had to become digital. But that it, then, like, what exactly is the digitization process and what are you keeping track of from there? Yeah. So they're talking about, well, we have all this data in a digital format, so we should be able to do something with it. True. So true. I, I don't know what their goal is. Um, the well, let's back up for a second before we dive into it. So uh, big data is kind of, a, for years now, a, a buzzword in the IT world. Yeah, it says that in the article. Yeah, and so um, being a little bit of a computer geek, the, the basic version of what big data is, is if you look at uh, databases prior to 10, 15 years ago, um, at best, there were just a few million records. I'd say just a few, but I mean, a few million records. It was enough that a single server or a small server farm could analyze the data. But once you start getting into Facebook scale records, uh, and Facebook scale, well, when you've got you know millions and millions of users with millions and millions of data points, and now you need to retrieve and access that data quickly, I mean, the fact that they can get it to operate at all is is a technical miracle. And so we have the same level of data in the healthcare world, 
but there's not been any real solid success in being able to gather and mine that data for something useful out of it. Well, I guess it depends on what you define as useful. So, I mean, for the doctors and nurses, it's useful because they can come in and log in on their computer and pull up, you know, for instance, I take my kids to their annual checkups. They can pull up what immunizations they have, what Mm -hmm. they need. Did they get their flu shot? Right. You know, those kinds of things. So it's useful for them. It is. But say you wanted to do um, any type of uh, large level research across multiple facilities. Well, those you start to get into some real difficult problems. And, and they mentioned something here, kind of at the, the tail end of the, uh, the article, that um, uh, I have a hard time saying the name, Zilmichin, uh, who co-chaired the Big Data <laughs> Tel Aviv Conference at Mount Sinai Hospital, um, emphasized that hospitals have two of the three critical elements necessary to engineer big data solutions. Um, so what he said is that hospitals uh, are unparalleled in understanding what is required in healthcare. So they have access to the data, they have the facilities, but what they don't have is someone with the skills to analyze big data. Right. Um, again, I'm going to use Facebook here because it's something that I think all of us can understand. Um, how many times? I, don't, I was you... told that Facebook is for old people, so I don't. Well, if there's millennials listening, they may not understand Facebook. <laughs> well, this happens across any social media platform. How often <laughs> have you had it, the the creepy thing occur where you search for something, and the next thing you know, it shows up in your Facebook ads? Yeah, that is creepy. I don't it's, like that. Yeah, so a lot of people find it real creepy, but what it is is it's people that have mastered analyzing big data, and so they are instantaneously number crunching and finding what you like. And, and populating that into an ad that someone else already paid for waiting on you to hit the algorithm. So is there actual people sitting there analyzing this data or it's a program that somebody has set up? A uh, highly, highly sophisticated program that someone set up and there are people continuously um, reevaluating and updating how it operates. But no human being punched the button that said that I need ads for, you know, coffee. Gotcha. They're, they're setting up the algorithm Correct. to get it. Correct. So there, there's a lot of benefits that could come with, with healthcare, And that's kind of what they were looking at. Here's they've got this one complex that has all of this data. Just imagine how many patients go in and out of a hospital or a single hospital system. Yeah. And then, so then like what, you know, we, our, our doctors, you know, it's, it's large, you know, branch, branch offices all over the place. And, and you've got tens of thousands of people coming in every day mm-hmm. to see a for, doctor. Everything. for everything. They have doctors for everything. They have multiple hospitals. And so imagine if you could start to calculate um, or, or, or analyze that data for people that live in this area. Do they have any health problems that people in other areas of the city don't have? Right. And then you could start really digging into it. Well, this person had the flu. And then you could track the spread and outbreak of these things locally. And what did some people do to guard against it versus others? There's all sorts of insights that the computer could instantaneously tell you that otherwise just knowledge and intuition might give you a hint at. Yeah, and I think we've talked about it using um, as far as like prescriptions. Yeah. And, you know, what's wrong with you, what prescriptions would work for you. And if you had that data analyzed already, you could punch in, you know, the same age, same weight, same height, symptoms, and kind of like filter it down Mm -hmm. to, okay, well, we have these medicines that worked for a person that's your similar statistics or whatever. um, 
for, for any branch of medicine, but every medication has possible side effects, right? Yeah. And so when you experience that side effect, that's actually a telltale sign of your biochemistry that's slightly different than what the, the average population is. So imagine if you had side effects to two or three different medications, and then we had a database full of hundreds of thousands of patients, all anonymized, and then you could start to, to run models of, well, who else had those issues? What are things we know about them that we might know about you? And it could give instantaneous um, access to the doctors to a wealth of knowledge that they would never have before, going far beyond anything they could ever learn in the clinical trials. Yeah, it would be so much better. And I think, especially when we consider this, we consider it in the field of mental illness, Mm -hmm. um, because it's frustrating that, you know, if you go in and you say, I have a heart problem, they're going to investigate and do everything that they can and do some imaging. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what kind of imaging they do. Or same thing, mm-hmm. you know, a brain tumor or what cancer. They're going to do all the research they can before they formulate an action plan. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to mental illness, they say, hey, why don't you try this? Right. Oh, that didn't work for you? Why right. don't you try this? And exactly. we've experienced that personally with our... Uh, middle kittle is what I call him. Um, you know, we thought for a while that he had, he was dealing with ADD or ADHD and we, I don't really fully understand all this, but I know there's different categories of medicines that you can take. And we ran the gamut we did. of those medicines and he, you know, got more angry and more mm-hmm. aggressive and sad for no reason and super mm-hmm. emotional and all these things because the doctor just kept saying, here, try this. Right. Here, try this. <laughs> and just imagine if these doctors had at their disposal, when we're talking about mental health, but this could really apply anywhere, but imagine if those doctors had at their disposal when you put in these factors about different things you've tried to where automatically it pops up a series of five or six suggestions based on these complex uh, regression analysis or different models that we have. Again, because we've got 100,000 other patient data in the system, again, anonymized, but there's, there's, there's a lot of good that can be done. And this isn't isolated just to medical. We're talking about medical here, but you know, for, for those of you that are in the oil and gas industry listening, <laughs> y'all have got the exact same issue going on. You know, they estimate that right now there's three trillion dollars worth of unmined data between all of the larger largest providers and EPCs and whatnot. What do you mean when you say three trillion dollars of unmined data? Well, let's take a. Uh, I've dealt with a few companies that do. Uh, manage uh, wellheads, whether it's for um, the maintenance of existing wellheads or maybe it's the implementation of new wellheads and production trees and whatnot. And so they all have their own kind of inside knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. And even sometimes within the company, I've seen that folks keep that inside knowledge to themselves because it gives their department a slight edge over someone else's, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's, there's a lot of information that could be learned. So just imagine if you could take an anonymized sample of data to where all of the different environmental variables are in place, the type sand you're using, where it came from, what its grain was, the mesh that was used, the pressure that was used, the acidic content, right? And you could take all of this data from, at this point, millions of of data points. You could really do a lot to learn a lot, and it would truly revolutionize the industry because now every provider can operate at such higher efficiencies than, than they ever could have before. And so it would drive not only profitable um, oil drilling, but it would reduce man hours because we don't have to have as many people there. It would reduce um, safety incidents. Just 
everything would be better and the oil and gas world is where our energy comes from. So we would have greater access to cleaner, uh, more efficient energy. Well, I know that when you were reading this um, article that you found, that's and you already mentioned it earlier on about the two out of three things that the met they have the medical data and the unparalleled understanding of what's required. And you said it's the same thing for the oil fields. It is. So they have the data mm-hmm. and they have the understanding, mm-hmm. but they don't have the analytical skills or maybe they do. I don't know, but that's what they're lacking yeah. to make it. Well, that's uh, one thing, and this is on a, one of the Oil & Gas Global Network podcasts. They've got um, IBM on as one of the sponsors there because IBM is, is entering the oil and gas market um, for the purpose of analyzing big data because they want to find ways to capitalize on this and to really drive and re-revolutionize the industry. And you can see a lot of this occurring with cancer research. Um, there's just tons of amazing advancements in cancer research but it it seems in the medical field to be kind of isolated there and this is a theory that's been going on since uh you know medical records started to be um turned electronic and they mentioned this in the articles well what exactly are you turning electronic right are you just scanning a copy of the record how much data are we keeping and Mm -hmm. and how can we access it and 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 poll on it and And the article references like having people wear smart watches mm -hmm. and um what else do they talk about well i guess just wearable devices and asking the individual about their outcome oh yeah and we'll think about that too is apple put out uh the smart smartwatch in large part is part of their healthcare initiative because they right. really want to get into healthcare and that smartwatch captures an enormous amount of data about you on a daily basis so now if we could link your activity levels mm-hmm. your heart rate levels and you know whatever else we can pull in in the future and now we can link that up to your medical records and see a medical history you can again start to really understand what's going on with this person but then when you combine that data across a million other users, you get right. enormous insight. Yeah, it would definitely be um, helpful. While you were talking, I just thought of another instance. Um, two of our three kids have or have had tubes put in their ears for ear infections. And I thought about that because with our youngest, she would go through you know several antibiotics and yep. then have to do the shots, whereas... Even, you know, I know you keep talking about keeping it anonymous, but within a family, Mm -hmm. you should be able to pull up the previous records and say, oh, hey, this didn't work for the oldest one. We just ended up having to put tubes in his ears. Maybe that's what we need to go for. I I think that's that's a great, great idea, too, because, you know, genetics are similar within a family. It doesn't mean it's always the same. But again, if you took a large enough sample, you could see how often... And families, do two or more kids have the exact same issue? Mm-hmm. And again, that could be something else that um, a good uh, computer system could populate for the doctor and say, hey, this is an increased risk from the get-go. And then we can yeah. start to tabulate those risk levels. And this is something we do in the quality world all the time anyways. We want to know our risk at every stage of the process. Why not put that in the hands of our healthcare providers? Absolutely. It's just, oh, it's getting me boiling on the inside. Like, this is taking care of us, people. Like, mm-hmm. we got to take care of us to keep making the world go around. So yeah. we need to put that data in their hands. Um, there was one quote in here. Let me see if I can find it real fast. 
probably not real fast. <laughs> oh, um, this quote is from John, and I'm probably not going to say his name right. Ha- Halamaka. <laughs> um, he said, a lot of countries think that if we just dig- digitize the paperwork, then we will have achieved an electronic workflow, which I think you were kind of talking yeah. about. It depends on. So he goes on to say, is Amazon just digitized paper? Yep. No, it's transforming the way you imagine retail. Healthcare needs to do the same across the world. I could not agree more. I just, I, I couldn't agree more. And it is, yeah, Amazon's not just digitized the process. It is an entire new way of conceiving of retail shopping. And they've even started now experimenting with physical stores. Um, yeah. To where, it's just, you know, but um, <laughs> I, I could go off on a geeky tangent. I'll, I'll, I'll avoid that today. Um. But yeah, the the healthcare world, um, obviously, it's an old industry. Lots of new innovations, lots of new technology. Um, I don't know how much has has changed in how it operates, though. And I think that's true of oil and gas as well. And you see these two massive um, global industries. Mm-hmm. The larger you are, the the longer it takes to adopt. Um, well, that's what ideas. I was going to say, is to like get everybody to accept it. Well, and you would have to have a somewhat universal language for these records to, mm-hmm. to communicate with each other with. Well, and I started to say when he brought up Amazon and you brought up Facebook, you know, I started to say, well, I guess because they're for a profit, they're really interested in mm-hmm. mining this data. But healthcare is for a profit. It's a lot less regulated than a bookstore. See, Amazon started by selling books online. Mm-hmm. Now, he had 20 categories of products. You know, Jeff Bezos had 20 categories of products he wanted to sell. But there's very little government regulation on books. Right. There's very little government regulation on coffee pots. There's a lot of government regulation on oil and gas and healthcare, And and it, it means there's a lot of parties that have to get involved. Yeah, I guess that's there's a lot of red tape to go through. I'm not saying it's all justified. I'm just saying that it seems to be the <laughs> way that it, it goes. Um, the, the biggest concern, I've researched this uh, a little bit in the years past with with any big data thrown into to medical records, is the fear of your records not maintaining their integrity. So you go to your doctor, you expect your doctor to keep your records locked up. That's right. the expectation. You don't want right. those getting out. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're talking about combining records globally into central interlinked databases that are publicly available to any doctor. Um, so how do we do that with the proper anonymity and the proper security and that transfer? So there's a lot, a lot that has to be done to make this work. So it's not just the analytical skills or, um, yeah, that's what they talked about. It's not just the analytical skills that they need. It's also a security. So it's more than one team that's going to have to come together. Absolutely. In this article, they were just talking about what here was it a um, uh, a complex scan- spanning 22,000 square meters. So a big medical complex, but they're talking about doing this within a single medical complex. Yeah. Which is a place for it to start. Mm-hmm. Um, but to really revolutionize the industry like i think it should happen i think eventually we will see from the move to big data um it's just going to take a lot of work and a lot of people working together in the same direction and as we saw last week sometimes people don't always plan 
and execute things the way that they ought to be planned and executed. That's why they need you in charge. There you go. (laughs) That'll work. All right, before we wrap up, um, we just want to mention again that we're still looking for a sponsor. We're still orphans. Yes. We need somebody to adopt us. Contact us. You can contact us through our um, our website, texasqualityassurance.com. You can message either Kyle or myself, Kyle Chambers, Darcy Chambers, on LinkedIn. Um, Any number of ways it. to get a hold of us. Yep. But yeah, let us know. We are actively seeking a sponsor. We're seeking someone that has um, kind of the same mentality, that, that quality really does matter. And as you can see, we're very industry agnostic. Um, but we, we're really looking to partner with someone that can that can not only grow the podcast, grow their business, and most of all, grow awareness about the need for quality in your workplace. Absolutely. And lastly, again, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us out. If you leave it on iTunes, of course, we appreciate it if you send us one another way. Yep. Um, but we really enjoy hearing from you guys when you do contact us. So uh, keep those coming. Absolutely. Thank you very much.